Today, we're going to mix things up. I'm going to preach first, and then we're going to go into the time of worship. Uh, so we're going to catch all those who are coming in who think they're, they're missing the worship and they just want to come from the Word. They're going to be really surprised here in about 30 minutes. They're going to come in and like, well, what, what happened here? What happened? Did I oversleep? Whatever. We're going to have a good time. I want to bring the Word of the Lord to you today. So are you ready for the Word? Come on, put your hands together if you're ready for the Word. We are in a series called Battles. If, if we live our life on autopilot, we know this one thing, that our, our life will automatically be about us, right? I mean, we, we, we don't have any problem with making our life about us. We don't have any problem. Our life automatically is about us. If we was really singing a true worship song for how we live our life, it would probably be more like this. It's all about me. It's all about me. I lift my name on high. Oh God, I lift my name on high. Yes, yeah, come on, it's all about me. I am greatly to be praised. It's what I need, right? Our true lives are really centered around our own desires. I mean, society, today, we have all these algorithms that are making everything about us. As soon as you turn on YouTube or Netflix or even scrolling through social media, it's all about the things you have interest in. Because you watch this show, here's a bunch of shows we think you will like. Because you watch this, listen to this song, here's some more songs we think you will like. It's catering to our every need. But if no one's ever told you this before, let me be the first one to break it to you. It's not about you or me, right? Come on now. Life is not about you or me. It's about Jesus. It's about the God-centered life, about putting him first, about lifting him up. God is wanting us to understand what happens in worship is this, that it sets me free of me and puts God on the throne where he needs to be. Come on, someone say amen. See, worship, look at this. Worship is about living a God-first life. And if you don't know this, God wants to be first, not only on Sunday, but on Monday and Wednesday and Friday and Saturday. Every day of the week, God wants to be first in your life. And worship is learning to live a God-first life. Can I put him first in my thought process? Can I put him first in my giving? Can I put him first on my agenda? Can I put him first in my heart? Can I put him first? Am I thinking of him? What is it? See, when you put a God first life, when you live a God first life, this is what happens. I live a God first life and then God shows up first in my battle. When I live a God first life, God's the first one to show up and fight on my behalf. We're in the middle of how we fight these battles. And as we're learning these tools, Let's look at these tools so far. We've learned about prayer, how prayer is an important tool on how we fight our battles. Then last week, we talked about the Word, learning to stand upon the Word of the Lord. And then we talked about today, we're going to talk about worship. These are tools on how we fight our battles. Not only are they tools that help us fight our battles, but they're also building blocks on us growing and maturing in our faith. Every believer needs to know how to do these things. On a regular basis, you should be practicing these things daily in my life. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I build my life upon the rock. So today we're talking about worship. Listen, God doesn't just want to be number one in our worship. He wants to be number one in our life. 
He doesn't want to just be number one in our worship. He wants to be number one in our life. That means this. He wants to be not just a slice of the pie. That's where we first come in. We make God a, a slice of the pie. God, I've included you in my life. And he's in one part. And then I have my work part. And then I have my relationships. I have my family. I have my hobbies. I have my interests. And those are all separated. But God, God wants to be the main ingredient in every slice of your life. In every part of your life, God wants to be mixed up. And the worship is learning that God is in part of all of that. It's not separated. My worship is just not separated for Sunday. That is an important day that I keep it aside to make it a holy day unto the Lord. But more importantly, it's about putting in every ingredient of my life. See, worship becomes a lifestyle. So we see the story. I, I want to go back to our story. We've been talking about it in this series of King Jehoshaphat. Now, King Jehoshaphat was a great leader, and he was leading the children of Israel into a time of renewal. He was leading them into a time of revival. He was turning their hearts back to God. He was leading this great prayer movement. They were fasting. They were turning their hearts to God. And while they're praying, the enemy shows up and surrounds the city. Now, let me give you a side note and tell you this, that anytime you begin to put God first and live a God first life, the enemy is going to show up trying to intimidate you, trying to distract you. Just be ready for it, okay? But the good news is this, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Bible says that God is not going to leave us. The enemy is only there to distract you. He is only there to intimidate you. He wants you because why? He is scared of where you're going. He's scared of the God first life. And so if he can get you distracted and get you off of the ledge and pull you back down and get you all about me, 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 then he's not worried about that. But you say, God, 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 it's all about God. It's all about Jesus in my life. And then the enemy's going to show up and he's going to try to intimidate you. But listen, you don't have to fear that because God has given us the victory. Now, I love this because we see this happening here. See, when, when you begin to live a God first life, the enemy shows up, but God is already there. Are you hearing me? God is already there. God's already expecting them. King Jehoshaphat prays this prayer. Now see what happens in 2 Chronicles. The enemy shows up, verse 20 and 6. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and you are mighty. No one, come on, let's say it, no one. One more time, no one can stand against you. This became his prayer. The enemies are surrounding him, and he prays out to God. God, no one can stand against you. As you're listening today, this has got to be the prayer of your heart. Every time the enemy surrounds you, you look straight at the Lord and say, God, no one, no one can stand against you. Great is my God. My God is greater. My God is an awesome God. My God is a powerful God. My God brings the victory. I am free in the Lord today. You have to declare that message in the face of your enemy. Learning to worship the Lord. Now, listen, I've had the privilege of attending some pretty awesome games over the years. I remember in, in 1996, I was out doing a conference in, in California, and I was in San Francisco area. My uncle lives there, who just happens to have season tickets to the 49ers. So I got to go to Candlestick Park, the old Candlestick Park, and watch Jerry Rice and Steve Young and all the 49ers take on 
my Dallas Cowboys, Troy Eggman, Emma Smith, Michael Irvin. We had just gotten Dion. It was the greatest rivalry in NFL at the time. And I got to be there to witness it. And I, when we got there, from the opening tip, tick off to all the way to overtime, and on the Cowboys kicked the field goal in the overtime to win it 20 to 17. The place was going crazy the whole time until the Cowboys won. And then, of course, I was going crazy. But I can tell you this, that everyone was loud and they were cheering and they were going crazy. I remember in the year 2000, uh, my Sooners, the Oklahoma Sooners, they were there and I was there at the game when they had just won, beat the number three team, number two team, and they were facing Nebraska in Norman and I was there. And they, Nebraska was ranked number one in the country and OU beat them that day beat them bad. The fans stormed the field. They tore down the goalposts and said, we're back, baby. We're back. And they were going crazy. They were carrying the, the goalposts. They tore them off and they carried them through town. They were, all the fans are going to carry this goalpost downtown, carried it around. They were celebrating. People stood up for four hours, screaming, hollering. I, I was at a game at Arrowhead when I had to endure the Chiefs beating my Cowboys. It was really hard. Any Chiefs fans in the house? Come on, any Chiefs fans in the house? Let me hear you now. Four hours I had to hear. Whoa, oh, one of the loudest fan bases out there. They're going crazy. They're going crazy, waving their hands, doing this tomahawk chop thing, screaming in my ear, loud, loud, and louder, going crazy. But we come to church and, no, I can't worship. No. I, I come to church and it's like, you know what? Oh, man, I've I got to be dignified. I've got to be dignified, Pastor. I can't do that. That's, that's not. People are crazy who act like that in church. Let me tell you, I, no, you, there ain't a person, I promise you, there ain't a person in this building that loves their team any more than I love my teams. You guys know that, okay? You got to. Fanatic pastor, I love my teams, but I can tell you this. I am more crazy about the one who died for me. I'm more crazy about the one who gave his life for me. My team gives me joy, but my, my Savior gives me joy everlasting. He gives me redemption. Come on, now he forgives me of my sins. He gave his life for me. He deserves my best praise. He deserves my loudest praise. He deserves my hands up. He deserves my shout. He deserves my hands clapping. Our God is greater. See, it's about perspective. The Bible says we lift up holy hands in the sanctuary. Why are these people lifting hands? Well, this becomes a universal sign of surrender. When you lift your hands or open your hands, it's a sign of I give up. God, I, I give up to you. God, you are greater. That's crazy. Well, have you ever been to a concert? I, I would never do that. I don't, I don't act that way at ball games. Well, I've seen you at concerts. Favorite musician comes out. <laughs> Girls passing out, crying, lifting their hands up. Took their daughter to see something, you know. Took your daughter to see Justin Bieber, and the moms were crying. <laughs> Kids are looking at you, Mom. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Some of you grandparents are like, "Are you kidding me? This generation's lost it." And then you go and watch you play, watch your grandkids play. I see you at the game. 
you're running down the field, the fence, they hit the ball, it barely goes halfway down first base, and you're out of your chair. Run, 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 run. That's my grandchild. That's my grandchild. That's my baby. What I'm telling you is this. Worshiping God, it ain't crazy. If you think it's crazy, go and observe. We act crazy outside this building. But God is the one who deserves all praise. He's the one who deserves the praise. There is none like our God. How much more does our God deserve our praise? See, when I step down, God steps up. When I step down, see, too many of us, we are sitting on the throne of our own life. We're right here. I got this. I got this. I can handle this. I will achieve this. I have achieved this. I have accomplished this. I will get through this. And there's nothing wrong with having self-confidence. There's nothing wrong with being strong and an independent person. But what I'm telling you is this worship is about us acknowledging that we get off the seat of the throne of our life and say, God, you are much greater than I am. God, you can do a much greater job at controlling my life than I can. And I'm going to get off control of my life and I'm going to give you control of my life. I'm going to surrender control to God. Get off the throne of your life and let God get there. That's what he's waiting. He's waiting for you to get out of the way and they'll put him first in your life. See, when I lift God up, he shakes things up. When I lift the Lord up, he begins to shake things up in my life. I need some things shaken up. Well, lift the Lord up. As you lift him up, things begin to move. Things begin to happen. Jehoshaphat humbles himself and he begins to pray. Now, he's the king. He's the one everybody's looking to. And he could have said, you know what, guys? Let me get my best war strategy here and come back to you. I've got this. But no, the leader, the king said, no, we're going to pray. We're going to lift up the Lord. We're going to ask the Lord. Look what he begins to pray. He begins to pray this. And then a prophet comes to him after he declares how great God is. The prophet comes to him and he declares to King Jehoshaphat and to the people. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Now listen again. Even King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but whose? God's. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle is God. See, the battle is not yours. Let's say it together. Not yours. Say not yours. The battle is not yours. Are you hearing me? When I get off of my throne in my life and I put God there, then God is the one who fights my battles. God's the one who is controlling my battles. It's getting off the throne of my life and letting God be in control. See, our God is bigger than any battle we will face. Our God is with you in any battle you will face. When we worship, it's us humbling ourselves and exalting God. The good news, Psalms 101 through 2, look at what it says about us. Make a joyful what? Everybody smile and say, noise. That's good. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. That's us. Serve the Lord with gladness, and we come before his presence with singing. Singing. 
So he says, I want you to make a joyful noise. Come into the presence of the Lord with singing. And I want you to get this. The Bible says that worship leaders were very skillful. They played skillfully their instruments. They, they sang very skillfully. And so the people who are leading our worship, they, they were skilled musicians. They are skilled singers. We have, a, we have a great team here. We're so proud of you guys. We thank God for our worship team. Give a big hand. But the good news is this. Our qualification is, can you make a joyful noise? You don't have to be on tune. You don't have to be in tune. You just, just make a joyful noise unto the Lord. We're called to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. We're called to sing. When I got a mask on, I'm making a joyful noise. When I got my mask off, I'm making a joyful noise. In the middle of my battle, I'm making a joyful noise. In the middle of my success, I'm making a joyful noise. It's a joyful noise. We're called to make a joyful noise. I attend church to honor the Lord. And then I worship in church to honor the Lord. You don't honor me, you're honoring the Lord. See, when you make the time to come, the Bible says we are to not forsake coming together, assembling together. It's an important part of the Christian walk. We need each other. Online can never replace coming together. It just won't. It, it's there when we, when we can't meet together. But when we have a chance to meet together, we need to meet together. We need each other. Why? Because we come together. We make a joyful noise together. When you're praising, it's lifting me up. When I'm praising, it's lifting you up. And when we're praising together, we're making the atmosphere change. We're changing battles. We're changing lives in the middle of our worship together. Worship is just one of the ways we put God first. And worship is how we fight our battles. Worship is how we fight our battles. And then we got to learn to stand and praise. Learn to stand and praise. What's that mean? That means through everything I face, I stand my ground. Through everything I'm going through, I stand my ground. When the battle's tough, I stand my ground. When it's getting really, really hard, the problem is this. We have too many people, when it gets hard, they, they run. They run. Well, where you been? I haven't seen you forever. You've been gone for church. What's been happening? Well, I was going through a battle. So you, you leave where your strength comes from. You leave where the battle was won. And you're going to go out there by yourself feeling sorry for yourself. No, quit feeling sorry for yourself. Get in the middle of the battle and lift up your voice. Stand your ground. Dig your feet in and say, you know what? I'm going to sing even louder. I'm going to be even a more vocal praise. I'm going to lift my hands even higher. I'm going to be the one who leads this morning. Why? Because I'm in the middle of a battle and God's fighting on my behalf. Learning to stand and praise. It's like learning to stand and fight. It's the same thing. I learned to stand and praise through every battle. Through every battle, I learned to stand and let God be put first and I'll release God to do something on my behalf. Now, I wanna, I wanna do a little test here today and see how many lyrics you guys can remember of some of these songs. So if, if I say a song, I'm going to say the beginning of a song. And I, if you know the song and the rest of the lyrics, I want you to sing it out really, really loud with me. I want to hear if you know some of these songs. How about, Sweet Caroline. Ba, ba, ba. 
Wow, pretty good, pretty good. How about this one? <clears throat> Let's get a little country for some country folks in here. I know, I hear you. How about this? Blame it all on my roots. You guys need Jesus. I'll tell you right now. She takes my money. Oh, come on now, 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 now. We know who was in the club last night. All right. Oh, one, one more, one more, one more test. Just one more test with me. How about this? Nah, nah, nah. All right, all right. Hey, hang on. See, what I want you to get is this, that we were designed, God designed us to remember lyrics through songs. You can't remember where you parked your car coming out of Walmart yesterday, but you can remember every lyric that song you heard in third grade. Why? Because that's the way God wired us. There's a reason why he wants us to sing out. There's a reason why he wants us to praise him in song. There's a reason why he wants us to use music as a song. It's a way of us getting the word of the Lord in our heart and the goodness of God in our heart and declaring it in any season. When I'm in a battle, I may not always remember something, but I can remember a song. And I, you can take away my joy, but you can't take away my song. Come on now. You can take away my comfort, but you can't take away my song. It's a song. God, God has wired us to sing, and together, he wants us to do it together, to sing out. When I was in school, I would make up songs. When I was studying for tests, and I would make up a song for every test. And I would make up, you know, I'd have all this, all this thing mapped out, and I'd make up all these silly songs until I studied. And I did really well in my test, and I'm over there like, people are like, shh, quiet. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing my test. I got to sing. So I'm singing this out, and I'm writing them down. Why? Because as we sing, it helps us remember. It helps us remember. I'm telling you, God wants us to sing. He designed us to sing. He designed us to sing together. And it's more than just singing. It's about believing what you're saying. It's about believing what you're declaring. It's about lifting up the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's about putting him up on the throne of your life. It's about exalting him and humbling yourself. I don't feel like worship, then you better worship more than anybody. It's out of my comfort zone. Then it's about time you get out of your comfort zone. God's been trying to push you to another level. All, all right now, come on now. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's stepping all over my toes today. And since you also have fat, has this great idea. Here this intelligent king says this. He doesn't say we're going to send out the Navy SEALs first. He doesn't say we're going to send out the Rangers first. Our special ops, we're going to send them out first. He didn't say that. What did he say? He goes, we've got this great idea. We're going to send out the worship team first. Now, nothing against the worship team. But I'd have been a lot more comfortable sending out the Navy SEAL first. I've been more comfortable sending out the men of war first. Those skilled at war, that's the ones I want to be following. And he says, God's got a different way he does things. We're going to send out the worshipers first. Look at what he says here, 2 Chronicles 20, 21. After consulting the people and telling him his great plan, 
The king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. So they're out there in the middle, heading off the way. Now think about this. If I'm there and there's three armies that are surrounded the city, and I'm thinking, my, my kids could be kidnapped. My family could be killed. They could be taken and made slaves to go serve in a different land. My daughters could be raped. I mean, thinking all these things in my mind, all the fear of things that could go wrong. And God, you're asking me to send out the praisers first and not the mighty warriors. So you can see the faith that was in operation when the singers went first. You can see the faith in operation as they went out and said, God, we give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. They're out there worshiping. They're going out there and worshiping ahead. And the Bible says this, worship is a weapon. Worship becomes the weapon in a believer's life. There's going to come a time in your life when you're facing the enemy. It's surrounding you. And you're going to have to walk out and sing right in front of your enemy. You're going to have to look your enemy in the eye and say, great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. Great is every believer has a stand up moment in their life where you're going to have to stand up to the bully in your life and sing unto the Lord. And I'm telling you, when you learn to do this, it elevates you to a different level of faith in your life. So how do I fight my battles? How do I fight my battles? I worship anyways. I don't feel like it, but I worship anyways. I'm weak, but I worship anyways. I'm hurt but I worship anyways. I'm fighting depression, but I worship anyways. I'm grieving, I'm worshiping anyways. I got a bad report, but I'm worshiping anyways. My heart is broken, but I worship anyways. When you learn to worship anyways, this is how God fights your battles, that I worship him. You don't think it does. It moves the heart of God when you are broken in your heart and you stand up and you worship anyways. It moves God's spirit when you operate in this kind of faith. It's what he's wanting every believer to learn. And look what happens when this, when this happens. See what happens here in 2 Chronicles 20, 22. Let's say this together. At the very moment. Come on, say it together. At the very moment, they begin to sing and give praise the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. So this is, this is the thing. They go out. The armies of, Three armies are surrounding them, waiting to attack. They go out. They start singing the praise. And all of a sudden, the armies start getting confused. And they start attacking each other. The children of God are sitting there singing, Great is our God. Our God is greater. Our God is bigger. Our God is stronger. They're declaring, Jesus, Jesus, you make the mountains tremble, oh Lord. They're declaring the name of the Lord, declaring God's name. And as they're declaring God's name, the enemy begins to run, killing each other. And they don't have to do anything but watch. All they're doing is praising, and the enemy defeats itself. Let me tell you, when you stand up and begin to praise the Lord in the middle of your battle, your enemy becomes confused. Your enemy will kill itself. Your enemy will run away. Your enemy will hide from you. Listen, you got to stand up and begin to praise. And why should I do that? Because this is simply a God is worthy of all your praise. God is worthy of all our praise today. 
This is why we do it. He gave the sacrifice. He declared his sacrifice. He gave himself for you and me. My response is, you're worthy of it all. My response is, there is none greater than my Lord. My response is, God, you are awesome. God, you are greater. God, you are bigger. He declared his worth, and I declare his worth. When times are good, I praise him. When times are tough, I praise him. When times are bad, I praise him. I praise him when I feel threatened. I praise him when I feel confident. I praise him anyway. I praise him. When I lift him up, he lifts me up. And let me remind you of one thing as we close today. That as you lift up the Lord, people can take jobs from you. People can take money from you. People can take houses from you. People can take spouses from you. People can take things from you. But there's one thing they can't take from you. That's your song. That's your voice. No one can take your song. No one can take your voice. I declare through every battle, my God is big. My God is great.